0: Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. We're glad you're back for another episode of the Big Presentations Podcast. Hey, Mike, real quick, tell me a meaningful story. A meaningful story? Meaningful, has to be good. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. So this is like,
1: this is like uh, combining our impromptu speech thing with our storytelling thing. Uh, that's good. Okay. So meaningful story. Meaningful story. Let's see. Oh, recently, um, I was on a road trip down to Bryan, Texas, and my wife was able to go with me, and we got there a day early, and it was cold and rainy, and we were a little disappointed because we had been looking forward to this Road trip, just getting out of the house and we get there, and it's cold and rainy. So we're looking around for some place to eat lunch. And we find a place called the Chicken Oil Company. We're about the only people in there, and there's this huge fireplace. So we're able to sit by this huge fireplace. And nice. enjoy some chicken fried chicken and a big old salad. There's windows so we can look outside and be reminded of how lucky we are not to be out there, but to be in here next to the big fireplace. Over the speakers, they were playing like country music from the 1970s and and 80s, which, of course, just brings back all these memories from childhood and our teenage years. And it was just one of those those moments that you just want to soak it in like this. This is a precious moment. In time to be together, but also to remember all the moments that led up to this moment of us being together. It was just so sweet. It is one of those those times you just want to cherish. It was good. Sometimes that's what big presentations can do. You know, they're not like this big thing in themselves, but sometimes they give you an opportunity to reflect on where we've been and where we're going in a team or, or a department or, or an organization.
0: Nice. Now, today we're exploring the option of storytelling as a way to strengthen our presentations. But before we do that, as always, let's talk about what we did in last week's episode.
1: Last week, we talked about the importance of following up
0: on the presentation.
1: Quite often, the goal requires more than just a big presentation. It also requires a wise follow-up. Kind of like a basketball player following their shot, realizing that a miss could result in a second chance. A wise presenter knows when to follow up a presentation with maybe like a one on one conversation, something that can bring clarity and build support to fail to follow up might be throwing away your shot. And we're determined to avoid this. We are not throwing away our shot. Shot. Yeah. (laughs) Could your organization benefit from a big presentations training? I bet it could. If you have internal meetings that include updates and proposals, this is for you. If you do sales presentations in small rooms, we can help. We are honored to be working with municipalities, construction and engineering companies and and nonprofits. So if your organization does presentations, we can help. Go to mrgpresentations.com to book your training today. And welcome back. Today, we're considering the power of storytelling. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about this one. Well, let's not wait. Let's get into it. All right. All right. When preparing big presentations in small rooms, one challenge is to find compelling stories and illustrations. A great story can create a mental hook for your audience. It could deepen their understanding and increase their attention. But here's the challenge. Often, these presentations are quick prep assignments. Your prep and your practice time is limited. You want to do a good job and you want to communicate well, but you don't have much time to get it together. Stories can help.
0: Okay, you got me hooked. So where do we need to go from here?
1: All right, so you got to be patient with this one because this lesson goes to the moon and back. You're killing me, bro. Let's just, let's just launch this thing like three, two, one, blast off. Let's go. Okay, okay. In July of 1969, something extraordinary happened. One of the many remarkable events associated with the Apollo 11 moon landing. At 3.17 p.m., Neil Armstrong announced a safe landing.
0: uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.
1: And then at 9.56 p.m., came that famous quote. That's
0: one small step for man...
1: The moonwalk lasted about two and a half hours, and the first moon rocks were collected. We had gone to the moon and brought home rocks to prove it.
0: Oh, yeah. And actually, it's weird. Our, Our father was actually a guard at NASA from 73 to 78, and one of his responsibilities was To guard the rocks. He would be present when the rocks were moved from one vault to another as various departments would study them. They were, of course, rare and very precious. A year after Dad moved to a different job, something else extraordinary
1: occurred. In November of 1979, the Japanese National Institute of Polar Research discovered a moon rock meteorite in Antarctica.
0: It was the first of many. So what we had traveled all the way to the moon to retrieve had been sent airmail, you might say, directly to <laughs> us. As of today, a little over 500 named lunar meteorites are recognized. This is all really cool stuff, but I'm trying to decode how does it help us with presentations?
1: Well, I'm, I'm getting there. Remember I said we are going to the moon and back? We're not quite back
0: yet, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah, but see, I was already hoping for splashdown, but I guess we're not there yet, so uh, let's I guess, keep on the journey home. So what's the point of this rocky space story? Okay, be patient. be patient. No, one of my
1: favorite <laughs> One of my favorite teaching projects involves helping organizations communicate their core values and equip employees to function in ways that support those values. At first, it was tempting to go out and find stories that support these values. It was like going to the moon to collect moon rocks until I was delighted to work with one organization that had been collecting positive feedback from happy customers. Whenever a customer would write a note, post on social media, or call in with appreciation for good service, they would capture that information in a data table. They had names, dates, descriptions, all of the best presentation stories and illustrations were right there at my fingertips it was It was like discovering moon rocks in my own
0: backyard. Ooh, nice. I like that. Perhaps the same thing is available to you, you know, the listener, when you're seeking presentation stories and good illustrations. Look within the organization, you might find well some moon rocks.
1: Yeah, if you could discover good stories and illustrations within the organization
0: it accomplishes a few powerful things. Paul, what do we got? What are those things? The three big ones are, number one, it is quick access. When you're on a tight deadline, gathering in-house stories might prove to be the fastest way to collect good content. A few strategic conversations could yield great stories. And two, it builds up the people featured in those stories. Setting up an employee to be the hero of a story that makes the organization look good too can be a win-win-win. The third win is that people appreciate your ability to build up individuals and the organization. The third benefit is that these stories are more attractive. In-house stories capture the attention more effectively than just maybe a generic illustration that features someone that's unknown to people in the audience. When I presented the core values training featuring the in-house customer service stories, the audience
1: was in it. They were invested and they were able to add even more stories to the mix. It was a positive way to acknowledge ongoing good work and then build on that foundation. It was much better than if I had tried to teach this class in a way that made it seem like these core values are new and we got to change everything so we can honor these new values. No, no, no. The values were already being honored and we had the stories to prove it this is who we are these core values represent who we are and we want to celebrate that and pass it on to future generations of employees we didn't have to go to the moon for those valuable nuggets
0: they were right here with us as presenters this is good news so when you compile information for your next presentation Ask yourself if stories or illustrations would be helpful. If so, then ask whether those presentation stories could feature the in-house successes of the organization.
1: Then perhaps you could achieve that win-win-win. You build people up, you build
0: the organization up, and your reputation is built up in the process. Your presence will be appreciated when your stories share the spotlight in ways that honor the organization by honoring its people and your message will be more powerful. Now, this doesn't have to take very long. I mean, the presentation stories can be short, like
1: 30 seconds to one minute, and fit into a brief presentation without having
0: to monopolize it. Not all presentations benefit from stories, but some do. And when they do, be willing to ask questions and request stories. You might find moon rocks in your own backyard. Today, we've been talking about the power of
1: stories. To learn more about this topic, check out Chapter 6 of the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. In that chapter, you will discover many options for compiling content, including stories. It's a great resource. That one chapter is worth the price of the book. So get your copy today at Amazon. You can choose digital, print, or audiobook. You can find a link in the show notes.
0: Well, this is the part of the show where Mike and I just play a little catch up and kind of share what's been going on professionally and just kind of in our lives in general, because, well, let's face it, this is the time that we get to talk to each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what's been going on. Well, business continues to build. So I'm teaching live and online classes and man, I'm just having so much fun, Uh, not only getting to just be with people and work with people, which is what I love, but also getting to hear stories great stories of customer service of leadership and coworker relationships my set of stories grows with every
0: class because there's always new stories to be heard i love that what you been up to well i've been working from home for a different reason because i had the pleasure of finally catching covid which had uh, not happened for a long long time i still don't know where i got it or when and it was kind of a fluke i actually had just been having some very minor cold symptoms, just, you know, the usual gunk and kind of scratchy throat that went along with it. And I had a few minutes on my way to teach a class and I swung into a Walgreens to get some extra cough medicine and behold, they had what everyone's looking for around here. They actually had take home tests, which we hadn't been able to find for a while. So I was like, I'll grab a couple because (laughs) you never know when you might need it. And then on the way to school to teach my class, I was like, well, I do have cold symptoms. Maybe it would be the responsible thing to go ahead and take one. So I did. And I'm like, oh, shoot. It's positive. Ugh. So luckily, this is a class I'm co-teaching. So I was able to get in contact with her and my wife, and we had to do a quick Let's round up everybody and bring them home, get everybody else tested. Thus far, I'm the only one who's actually positive. So I've been wearing a face mask around the house and eating all my meals in quarantine because it seems like the responsible thing to do. And even as of today, I'm still the only one who's sick, which I'm grateful for. But also, I kind of wish I couldn't work from home because I'm still having to do my normal job, but I just get to do it here. (laughs) So there's no escaping the work. You just had to change locations. it just makes it take longer. (laughs) Yeah. But the good news is I haven't really felt bad. I, I feel okay, but you know, it's just a matter of getting through it. And next week I'll get to go back to, to actually my normal duties and my normal locale, which I'm looking forward to. You know, that that's interesting An interesting aspect to remote work
1: that a lot of people don't realize until they are doing remote work. It's like when you're working from home, Staying home from work doesn't really mean anything. No. <laughs> you know, like, you're snowed in. Okay, you can still work. You're sick. How you feel? Well, okay. Well, you can still work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> None of the normal, like, sick days or weather days
0: uh, no.
1: apply in the same way that they do when you're going in somewhere to to work
0: and even for the kids because now that everybody's gotten so used to the possibility of teaching on zoom even when my daughter has a snow day it's like great you can do these assignments and the teachers will just do it on zoom you know a few things and you're still going to have to do stuff so the kids idea of a snow day is great i get to sit here and look out at the snow while i do stuff online (laughs) oh yeah that's like torture (laughs) <laughs> Golly. but the good news is yes. other than other than having to uh not actually having really bad symptoms from COVID, is none of my actual gigs that i have outside of my normal day job which i can do remotely i uh, have been yeah. affected because they're all outside of kind of the parameter of me being contagious so it's been kind of nice that that that's didn't good. fall at a worse time but still you know i could have done yeah, without it yeah
1: yeah that's true yeah that's another deal that people don't realize unless they're in, the, in that area of work is, you know, gigs that you have, if they get canceled, you just lost money.
0: That's right. And that's so right. that's
1: that's been, I've, I've been thankful that, you know, I've just had gigs go from live to online rather yeah. than being canceled, whether it's due to weather or COVID restrictions or, or whatever. We're able to, to keep honoring those appointments, teaching those classes, doing those trainings so we can continue to pay the bills. <laughs> right, paying the bills is good. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, oh what's well, good to catch up with you, Paul, and tell stories. We got to do a lot of storytelling today. That's right, and hopefully, what we were able to talk about will inspire and equip our listeners to use stories as they deliver big presentations in small rooms.
0: Have you been able to use some of the things that we talked about on the show? Well, let us know about it. Give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what information you found the most useful and made your presentation better.